السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم أما بعد so inshallah tomorrow I'm going to be having a very special guest I'm going to be having Nasheed artist brother Umar Isa but today I really felt like talking and it's in regards to certain events which have happened in Pakistan over the last few days. And by birth, I'm American. I was raised in America, born in America, but by origin, I'm Pakistani. My, both of my parents are from Pakistan. And what's happened in Pakistan over the last week has been quite hurtful to me and to many other Muslims and many other Pakistanis as well. So two incidents happened in the past week and the end result was slightly different but the circumstances were slightly similar. Last week, one girl in Karachi, Pakistan, she went out to get some cookies or as biscuits as they called them. She probably got a few rupees, maybe 10 or 15 rupees, and she was going to the shop. And as she was going to the shop, somebody kidnapped her. And after two days, her body was found. It was burnt, charred. And they ran some forensic tests and they found out that she had also been sexually violated. In aspect of this, they arrested about 20 people and one of the men admitted to having kidnapped her and having molested her and that they killed her. In another incident on the Lahore Sialkot Highway, there was a, a woman, a sister. She was driving with her children and she ran out of gas. She called her brother or she had some other mechanical issues in her car. She called her brother and she also called the police that I'm stuck over here. She waited for over half an hour. Um, nobody came. She was then viciously attacked. Two men came. They broke her car's window with stones and sticks. They took her apparently at gunpoint. They took her to a field in front of her three children. They raped her and they stole her jewelry, her money, her ATM cards and everything. So in both cases, a woman or a girl or a female was ultimately raped, humiliated, and just taken advantage of. And it's just so disgusting and so depressing hearing about this. And it's, it's you know, right now, as you can hear in my voice, there's a lot of sorrow and a lot of, you know, sadness that something like this can happen in the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, that the country that prides itself on its Islam and how they separated from India on the basis of Islam. My question comes to a few men in Pakistan. One of them is the Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Ahmad Khan Niazi, and the other one is to General Kamar Bajwa, that you guys are the defenders of Pakistan. You guys claim the name is so great. You guys claim to be the defenders, like I said, of Pakistan. These are your daughters. These are your sisters. If somebody did it to your blood sister, your blood daughter, what kind of revenge would you have taken? You would have made sure that that man is arrested within the hour. But in these cases, that not only have the women been violated, but the people who did the crimes haven't been arrested in some cases yet. You guys have picked up 10 to 15 men or something like that, but you guys might not have even picked up the perpetrators. And there's, it's become two sides to it then. That there's some people they've started to blame the victims, which is completely pathetic and inadmissible that you can't 
blame a victim of rape. You just can't. It's like the CCPO, um, Omar Sheikh, he was like, well, she shouldn't have been traveling at this time. No. A Muslim country, such as at the time of Hadith Umar in the Muslim lands, if a woman was traveling in the middle of the night alone, laden in jewelry, she wouldn't have a problem traveling because nobody would touch her because they knew if they did something and they woke up in the morning that they would be caught and they would be dealt with severely, nobody would ever touch a woman. And the Prophet ﷺ, even you know, upon the punishment of a rapist, it's not light, it's not a light punishment. And let me lay out a disclaimer. I'm, I'm not a scholar. Um, I'm no sort of mental health expert, but I'm just talking about what's happened and what has been the response. There's some people that are actually addressing the problem. That's saying what happened was completely wrong. It should be addressed and there should be something done about it. Inshallah, later on this week, we're going to be having a scholar come on and he's going to be talking about, as a Pakistani scholar, come on, who lives in America, and he's going to be talking about the effects of all of this. Um, then there's the sensitivity of the topic. Um, it's become so common rape in Southeast Asian countries, even in Pakistan and India, that it happens. People have rallies, people get upset, but does anything really happen? Uh, does the government change anything? Is there any institutional change? Is there any change for the people? I mean, it's even a topic which is taboo to talk about that, you know, I wouldn't suggest that if you have a child under 13 or something and you talk with them about this topic of rape and stuff like that, you let them know that don't go with somebody. And there's different levels of warnings and how you teach your kids of how to talk with people or to learn about things. But obviously you don't delve into them all the way. But this topic of, you know, sexual misconduct, this topic of rape, um, just in general, sexual topics are off the table and they really need to be addressed all throughout the world and especially in the Muslim Ummah because stuff like this is happening to our sisters. And like I said, I would ask Imran Ahmad Khan Niazi and uh, uh, General Bajwa uh, that what's going on? Such as Dr. Maulana Adil Khan the other day when he gave a speech, he said to General Bajwa, he was like, when people do gustahi of the Sahaba you don't blink an eye. But when and if somebody were to insult a captain or a general of the military, you would become very upset. Similarly, these, like I said, these are your daughters and sisters. You should be so upset that this happened. You should be taking responsibility for this, Prime Minister Saab and General Saab, that we need to do something about this. And then to blame a woman, the CCPO for blaming a woman is just irresponsible, irresponsibility. That it's your job to make sure that there's security on the highway, that no one feels unsafe on the highway, that she actually called you guys and it took you that long and no one showed up. And if somebody found out that somebody's sitting there, they shouldn't feel unsafe. And if somebody found and if somebody somehow caught the transmission of somebody calling the police force and you didn't show up, that's a fault on your part that your security protocols should be so much better, but they're not. And in a society which is so male-dominated, such as Pakistan, a woman's independence and a woman's safety should be the responsibility of the men. I know a lot of times people are like, well, you know, the women shouldn't be out and the women shouldn't be doing this and women shouldn't be doing that. A lot of times women, they don't have a choice. They may not have a male companion in the house. They may not have even a balik man to take them anywhere. They may not have a choice. They may be much more.
poor, they may be desperate and they have to take the step. Where's the justice? Where's the safety for women and children? I know a lot of people, they're like, you know, well, women, they bring this upon themselves, which is a really pathetic excuse and really pathetic thing to say. Because they say, they give excuses like, oh, women, they wear provocative clothing. Uh, women, they go out and they, you know, they put on makeup and stuff like this. But it's not just women getting raped. It's young boys. It's young girls. It's men even who get raped and taken advantage of sexually. So if so, if a woman gets raped inside of her house, then what are you going to say? And it's a woman who does part of all the way she wears in the cabin. She gets raped inside of her house. What excuse will you have then? You have to hold the rapist accountable. You can't just blame the people who are getting raped and saying they do such and such thing. Men get raped. Boys get raped. This is a common problem all throughout the world, and it's becoming, unfortunately, a very common problem in the Islamic Jamhuriyah of Pakistan. And you have to look at the emotional and mental effects that happen upon people because of these acts. And now they took this girl, they raped her, she died, okay? She's died. What is going to happen with her family? Her family is going to be scarred for life. Now the woman, the sister who was raped on the Lahore Sialkot Highway, they raped her in front of her three kids. Those kids are scarred for life. That woman is scarred for life. That she's going to be afraid to go out. And that's not how one should have to live their life. And like I said, I was talking about um, men getting raped, boys getting raped, young girls getting raped. You can't keep on making excuses for the rapist that, oh, well, the woman was wearing provocative clothing. A six-year-old girl got raped going to get biscuits in Karachi. What was she wearing? She was probably wearing normal clothing. A pedophile would have to have the most disgusting thought process to have to rape a little girl like that. You can't make excuses for the rapist over and over again. Sometimes you have to take responsibility and be like, look, maybe our justice protocols aren't as strong as they should be. Maybe what we're doing isn't right. We have to be a little bit more strict. Going out late at night, yeah, I understand. Maybe you'll be like, oh, okay, the woman shouldn't have been going out late at night. But you don't know her situation. You can't blame her for everything. Blame the rapist, capture the rapist, and hold them responsible. That if anybody is living, they should be able to live without fear. I understand society is messed up. I understand countries are messed up. I understand peoples and leader, people and leaders are messed up. But that still doesn't give anybody the right to blame the victim. You cannot blame the victim in this case and in this situation. Like I said, women are inside of their houses. They get robbed and they get raped. Who are you going to blame then? Oh, well, she shouldn't have been inside of her house late at night. Maybe her husband works at night. Maybe this lady was going, she had a medical emergency and she had to go to Sialkot. Or she, had, she was going to Gujranwala. Maybe she had to go to Gujranwala. Her mother was sick. Oh, she should have waited for a male companion. What if her mother dies? She's going to sit there and wait for her male companion. She has a car. She can drive the car. She has a license. She can go wherever she likes. Nobody has the right to stop her. And if that's the case that she should have a male companion, then what's going on? Where was the police to make sure that she safely got there? Then blame yourself before you start blaming others. You can't deny the facts. You can't be like, well, you know, um, this and that and make excuses about it. Take responsibility. This guy, the CCPO, the Umar Sheikh fellow, he needs to be sacked. He needs to be put in his place for even making a comment like this. And look, in society and in our households, we need to start talking about this with our children. 
that we need to teach our boys and girls that we need to respect the opposite gender and we need to respect each and every person regardless of race, religion, creed, gender, anything. That we need to teach this respect. But also there needs to be in our Muslim society a sense of a sexual education. I'm not talking about sex ed, which they teach in schools. That's, you know, they're just basically grooming children to learn how to have safe sex at the age of 16. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about teaching our kids about what is the proper sexual protocol as they grow old and they enter the age of puberty. That what is gonna happen with their bodies, how are they gonna change, how they are gonna change, how their mental state is gonna change, how they're gonna start getting attraction to females and how females are gonna start getting attraction to males and how there are gonna be certain things that they're gonna start seeing online. That right now with the advent of social media, that kids, they start seeing things when they're five or six, which people shouldn't see at any point in their life. And they're starting to see these things on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, places like this. So we have to start teaching our children and start training our children that these are the things which are permissible or acceptable in our religion, and these are the things which are not. And we have to start educating ourselves on how to talk with our young boys and girls. That I have a son, my son is two and a half. I don't know how I'm gonna talk to him when he turns 13 or 14, but I have to learn and I have to practice. And especially living in this market or living in this country of the United States of America, these questions are gonna come up with our kids and we have to be prepared to teach them properly. Otherwise, if at the age of 17 or 18, the boy ends up getting a girl pregnant or if the girl ends up pregnant and we didn't teach them anything and we didn't tell them and all we said was stay away from boys or stay away from girls and something like this happens, we can only blame ourselves. And that's not to say that this is aside from the rape problem, but we have to teach our kids about safe, like, you know, if somebody is touching you improper, improperly, or if somebody is touching you in a manner which you're not comfortable with, you have to have maybe a safe word. You have to have, a, they have to have a way for them to let you know that something wrong is happening. Or even after the fact that such and such person touched me and I wasn't very comfortable. And this thing has to be addressed. We can't just be like, well, well, that's the elder in the community or something like that and let it go. And I know in America, we've had a lot of scandals and a lot of issues with um, people, clergy, people in power, using their power to abuse it, to get sexual favors. And it's wrong. Anybody who does it, it's wrong. And I'm not here to do a referendum against anybody. Um, I'm in no position to talk against anybody. I'm in no position to say anything negative about anybody. But we have to understand the issues at hand and we have to talk about them. We have to talk about them with our kids. We have to talk about them with our families and we have to bring a movement forward to have change. And when it comes to the matter of male dominance in our societies, in, especially in Islam, that there's a reason behind that. The reason the male has been made dominant that a lot of times we see it as the men, the man is the stronger of the two genders, um, generally speaking. If you take a normal female and if you take a normal male, that the male would generally have more strength. And the male generally leads society. Most countries for centuries now have had male leaders. So women are also supposed to have independence, to get education, to get you know any sort of work or needs that they have to be taken care of by society. And, you know, one of the things is that in the times of past, that if a woman needed help or if there was anything going on, she could go to the Amirul Mu'mineen or she could go to the governor and she would be helped. 
and women were encouraged to seek education, such as Hazrat Aisha radiallahu She learned it from the Prophet sallallahu and a lot of Sahaba and Sahabia, they used to go to her to learn because she was the most knowledgeable one out of a lot of people. And uh, mashallah. And so if we don't teach our girls, if we don't teach our women, if we don't teach our wives, when our kids are growing up, we're generally at work, who's going to teach them? So we got to make sure that our women, our sisters, our mothers are educated so that when the children are growing up in their laps, that they're learning not only the secular education, but they're also learning the dini education, that they're getting the lessons of the Quran properly with the tajweed, they're getting the lessons of hadith, and all of these things. And where does it start? It starts from the lap of the mother. So we can consistently talk about how women shouldn't travel at night, how women shouldn't do this, women shouldn't do that. But if we do that and we consistently do that, we're neglecting and glossing over the real problem, which is the rape problem. And the change starts with one person. And one person, if they see, and, and you know, rape doesn't just happen. Like, you know, there's a lot of things which go on that people watch, especially in Southeast Asian countries, porn is so readily available, obviously now on the internet, that people are consistently watching pornographic videos and movies, and they're trying to practice these things. And if they can't find anybody, they'll go rape somebody to take care of their needs, which is completely wrong, that our religion completely is against that. And But we have to start addressing these problems, that if somebody, like in Pakistan, I have a relative, and she was telling me that in one of her, she used to live in a small town, and she was like, we used to wear, all the women used to wear a burqa and a niqab. And the reason wasn't that they were wearing the burqa or the niqab because of their religious obligation, their religious duty, or they wanted to do it because of religion. She's like, we used to do it because of the catcalling we used to get. That even with the burqa and the niqab, they used to get catcalled by men. That how pathetic of a mindset do the men have to be able to do something like that? And this is not, like I said, this is not a referendum against all men, or this is not, you know, some sort of like, ultra feministic speech or something like that but rather it's sort of like the disgust of what's happening in society and the guy one of the guys who raped the sister on the Sialkot Lahore highway he was actually somebody who had previously raped someone and his DNA was already in the system and the other guy had just gotten out of jail less than two weeks ago so you have a real problem and like I said this is a problem which needs to be discussed and handled from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top. Because if a person like Imran Khan is going to stay silent or quiet about this and not say anything in regards to this, and General Kamar Bajwa are not going to say anything about this, they're part of the problem. And there were a lot of hopes I had from Imran Khan. And, you know, some of them, he's fulfilled certain things he's done. There's a lot of things which he hasn't done. But that's with any politician in any country. Um, politicians, they make a lot of promises, but they don't live up to them. But this is something that Imran Khan has to handle. He has to take care of it. He has to address it. And he has to take care of this problem. And he has to make an example out of the perpetrators and bring justice to the family of the deceased sister, the five-year-old or six-year-old girl, and also to the sister, the victim who was raped and her kids that justice must be served. And if Mr. Imran Khan, if you cannot serve justice to these people, then you really have to look into yourself and see what you're doing wrong. And I know you can say, oh, well, I have so many responsibilities and this and that, but this is a real problem. And if you're able to even make a small dent in it to fix it, 
you will be forever remembered as the man who made a difference in the lives of millions of women. But if you don't, it's not as though we'll ever forget about it. We'll remember it forever and we'll know that you had a chance and an opportunity to change the lives of millions of women, but you didn't do it. Maybe because of some pressure from somebody or something like that. But in this case, in the case of rape happening to our sisters, I'm 100% sure the ulama will be behind you. I'm 100% sure the awam will be behind you. Everybody will be behind you if you bring justice to these people. And same goes for General Badra. If he looks into this and he's like, and you know the military has a lot of power in Pakistan. If they really want to make a difference and they work on it, they can make the difference in millions of lives by doing this justice and this honor to our sisters. One sister who was killed. And I remember back in the day that when I used to live in Pakistan as, you know, as a younger kid, when my parents sent me there for about a year and a half, two years, we used to go, me and my cousins, we would go, we would each get like three or four rupees and go to the shop and we would get, you know, the biscuits. It used to be a tiki pack and there would be like two cookies in it, you know, for like three, four rupees. And that's exactly what the girl was doing. And there should be no reason that a th five, six, seven, 10, 15 year old girl cannot comfortably go to a shop, get some cookies and come back home. And even when you talk with women who live in Pakistan, they're like, when we go to college or university, there's people gawking at us. There's people trying to rub up on us. There's people touching us, stuff like this. And this happens not only in Pakistan, it happens in many countries. It even happens in America. But if this is truly the Islamic Jamhuriya, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, and this is a consistent problem that's happening over and over again, we really need to look at the core of the problem. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be fixed. Legislation needs to be fixed. I was reading about some legislation they have for rapists and how it's supposed to work, but it's been around for a few years and not a single person has been convicted according to that. So you have some real deep-rooted problems and they need to be addressed and they need to be fixed. And I know I didn't go into as much problem, I mean, in, into as much details as I should have. This topic is a long, drawn-out topic. This is just the, you know, basically the top of the topic that I'm just touching. And uh, inshallah, when we have the scholar on in a few days, he'll be answering some questions for us. And also he'll be answering, you know, some of the societal problems, such as the pornography problem, such as, you know, sexual education problems in our countries, and many different things like this. And inshallah, I would request everybody to tune in and listen and learn. And at the end of the day, my purpose for doing this podcast, my purpose for doing these programs is not to get any fame, but rather to bring to light some truth and some reality. And I know there's a lot of people who do a much better job than me. I know there's a lot of people who have much bigger followings than me. But remember, it's not about the following. It's not about uh, how many people are watching you live. It's about the truth of your message and whether you're being honest with yourself. Remember, there's a lot of people out there who are billionaires, but they can't sleep at night because they're not honest to themselves. And there's plenty of people who are homeless and they have the most beautiful nights of sleep because they're honest with themselves and they don't cheat people. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. May he give us a better understanding. May he protect all of our brothers and sisters all throughout the world from this devious crime of rape. May he protect all of our brothers and sisters all throughout the world who are suffering at the hands of tyrants, who are suffering from many different calamities who are suffering from sicknesses, who are suffering from COVID, who are suffering from a wide array of issues. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq and he give us a better understanding. And inshallah, tune in tomorrow. We have Brother Omar Isa coming on 
is going to be at 6 p.m. U.S. time, 11 p.m. U.K. time. Tune in and learn about uh, his journey and his journey of thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all throughout the way. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and make us a better understanding. Subhana rabbika rabbil azati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.